The Paternity Test is a comedy podcast for adults. If you're not a grown-up, get off the internet. It's a horrible place. Welcome to episode 61 of The Paternity Test. I'm Todd Jay in the Chicago suburbs. I'm Matt Barese in Chicago. And welcome back to the podcast that has a pungent case of the meat sweats. Are you still sweating meat from our... I am. I smell delicious. Oh, yum. Yeah, I keep. I just keep wiping my skin off with bread and eating it. <laughs> the... I keep getting chased down the street by <laughs> hounds. Yeah, I'd never been. So Matt and I met a college buddy of ours at a uh, Brazilian steakhouse, and I'd never been to one before. I've certainly heard about them before and the adventure of uh, the endless meat. And uh, uh, so I was looking forward to it. Um, and I do – this is what I like about it. My biggest takeaway is I have no real decisions to make. There's no menu to go, I don't know, should I get the – should I get the shrimp and the surf and turf? Should I get an app? You know, there's no thinking involved. You walk in, they say, go get a plate of the sides if you're uh, wanting to do that, or sit here and meat will show up. Yeah, your only decisions are go and stop. Yeah. Which is kind of the only one decision. I mean, I guess that's two. Yeah. They even give you a, a, like a coaster that's green on one side and red on the you other. You don't even have to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. There's no like awkward... You want to meet? You don't want to meet. Either you have the red card or the green card. So it's, I'm sure I'm, you know, I'm sure these have been around for decades and I've just haven't been to one. So, uh, um, but I was, uh, on board with it. I certainly right away, to, uh, our, our buddy Tony was there, you know, they show up with a, a plate of bread and we're both looking at each other like we shouldn't be eating that bread. Right. It's immediately it's there. So you eat less meat. Like yeah. The they're trying to keep their margins down. They even walk up and they're like, "Hey, here's some, here's some muffins or biscuits or whatever they called them, but be careful, they're addictive." Oh, that's and they push right. them in the yes. middle of the table, and we were yeah. all like, "That is a trap right there." Yeah, I think they even they they after they butter them, they sprinkle them with a little cocaine, you know, just to keep you coming back for more. <laughs> right, they give you one free biscuit at the front of the, <laughs> top of the evening, gateway biscuit they call it. Lots of fillers in the what are they ever they call it the market table, which is all your sides. So lots of yeah, it's like the world's greatest salad bar. It's really impressive, but also a trap. A trap, yes. So it's a salad trap. (laughs) So so I, you know, I I would go and get some cheeses because I like to pair my meats with cheeses, Mm -hmm. and uh, and so I'd put I went and got some of that on my plate, but there was no vegetables happening on my plate. Not till the end. No. I need like a palate cleanser or something. I don't know. What a waste of time. Uh, you know, some gelato or something or just some sort of throat lubricant wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world. <laughs> throat lubricant. Well, and we done got laughed. This is pretty surprising to me. Like we came in, you were looking. I haven't seen you since you lost all your weight, but you look totally different because you're, you're like reverse Barry Bonds. Like your head shrank. And the head did shrink. I'm having issues with my hats. Yeah, you look like a Make-A-Wish kid most so, of the time. <laughs> How do you think I got us such good uh, seats at the at the restaurant? Oh, you guys come over here. <laughs> the table right by the market table. So we, but uh, Tony lapped us. Oh yeah, he, he ate so much more than we did. He was on a mission, and uh, 
you know, the only thing he passed on that we all pass on was the chicken because that's another trap. Oh, here, mm-hmm. have the chicken. Like, no, I got chicken at home. What I don't have are <laughs> lamb chops and uh, and top uh, top sirloin, you know, or ribeye. Or, yeah, that's that's I got chicken at home. Don't you? I don't need. Would you chicken. gentlemen like some bologna? Yeah. <laughs> it's Oscar Mayer. Imported. <laughs> Yeah, it was the the chicken. We almost laughed out. I think we were mean to the chicken guy. We were trying to decide if the chicken guy is that, he like the newest hire? Is he getting hazed? Because this poor guy's got to walk around with chicken and have everybody just laugh right in his face. Get out of here with that chicken! I saw a few people get suckered into the chicken because I think they were felt guilty that this guy showed up and he's like, "Fine, I'll, yeah, I'll have some chicken." But yeah, the, I don't know if that's a punishment to be the chicken guy or if you want to be the chicken guy because you're like, I just get to walk around and pretend like I'm giving people chicken, but no. Yeah, you don't have to eat. cut. That's the hard part. You got to like stick the sword because all the meat's on swords, right? Yes. You got to stick the sword on the table and find a free hand to cut the thing with. And the chicken guy never has to cut because he's got the stupid chicken. So I've been trying to decide since we ate there. I mean, it was fun as all get out. And we ate, I mean, we ate till I was really sick when I rolled out i don't know about you but i was in pain yeah I, I one of the one of the side effects of my new you know eating habits is that i don't eat large amounts of food in in one sitting you know i'm spreading it out and i'm making better choices and uh, so <laughs> something like that actually causes me physical pain now uh well, sure it's like you're uh you're Alex the Droog in Clockwork Orange, and you've had to watch violent mm-hmm. movies with your eyes pinned open, and now when you try to curb stomp somebody, you throw up. Yeah, my body's just not used to it anymore. I used to you know, be able to put down lots of food, and it was just the norm, and now it's outside of it, and it's just I get stomach cramps, and I, <laughs> it, I don't feel good after eating that much food. So the ride home was a little rough. Um, I didn't have to make any bathroom stops, but I... I might have been a little heavy on the accelerator, you know, hit, heading out west, knowing that uh, I was a ticking time bomb. <laughs> See, I was so full of meat. It was like I probably could have driven to uh, Nova Scotia before I had to go to the bathroom because uh, <laughs> everything was firmly where it was going to be for a while. It was just like a big, like one of those big uh, gyro uh, meat, you know, uh, on the on yeah, if you had skinned me, if you yeah. like skinned me alive, I'd just be like a like a mabrazi shaped euro meat block. <laughs> exactly. Then we could have just cut little strips off and put you on a pita. <laughs> mm. What I couldn't decide is was the meat good? I mean, the meat was good. Well, the meat was fun. The meat was, and it was you know, it was beef and lots of it. So. How much can you like? That's a good. You, what do you, Andrew Carnegie? Like, are you going to complain about un, unlimited beef? But was it great? Like, was it fine dining? I don't know because I kept asking for the crusty bits on the side. You know, like the, the charred parts because I just love the char. So I'm mm-hmm. sure all the meat I ate was probably overcooked because I didn't get the center medium rare parts. I got all the. I wanted all the outside crust. Uh huh. And those, so the, there were thin slices of that. So I'm sure all the meat I ate was overcooked because it was the outer crust and not the not the inside. You're probably supposed to get a cross section of meat that includes, you know, all the the temperatures you want. But uh, 
I've had, it's funny because I was talking to some some neighbors who seem to be Brazilian steakhouse like connoisseurs, and they're like, "Oh, <laughs> if you go to the, you know, if you go to the Fogo de Chao in Chicago, that's good meat." But we we've, we've been to the one in Naperville, and it's like eating garbage. Like, why is it different? Right? Come like, on, it's all coming out of the same freezer and going on the same stick in, yeah. in a fire, isn't it? So I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I think it's more the experience they don't like because they're they're not downtown, or maybe the waitstaff isn't as nice. I don't know, but uh, I think in terms of the meat we ate, I had one or two things that didn't impress me at all. Just like, well, I could, you know, I could get this out of my out of my refrigerator at home. And the sausage was the clear loser of the night for me. The sausage was the loser. It didn't do anything special. It didn't bring a whole lot to the party, to the sausage party. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I think the lamb was the winner, right? Didn't we yeah, all kind of like the lamb? But I think that's also because it's a novelty. I never have. I have. That's a. La- I can't remember the last time I had lamb before that. So, it was special, and uh, you know, it had that lamby, lamby. Uh, had that lamb, whatever it is they season lamb with normally. I don't know what that flavor that stuck out was. That wasn't meat. It was some kind of seasoning or herb or something in it. Innocence. Something. Tears. Yes. <laughs> Purity. Yes. All that All that baby lamb stuff that we ate was delicious. So the uh, there was a pork thing that I just didn't like, and the sausage thing wasn't great. But most of the red meats were very good, and the lamb was good. No seafood, it was a right? Salt bomb. I mean, we may have been. It was maybe it was prison grade meat, and we were being tricked by copious amounts of salt. Because uh, you know, sometimes you can't get your ring on in the morning. Yeah. I like couldn't get my belt on in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, it looked like a brown violet Beauregard. You, I can't. So you're right. I don't really know, and I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't pretend to think that I knew exactly what I was eating. Oh, because we got the meat madness. Did I know the difference of the top sirloin and bottom sirloin? I don't know. It just all tasted good to me. I said the power bottom sirloin, personally. (laughs) And then, uh, do do you think we got all the... Because I swear, our first waiter said there were going to be 60 cuts of meat. And I don't think... I, I swear he said 60. 60 discreet that's what it sounded like. And so I don't really know. I think it's because if you take each cut of meat and then take it at each temperature you can get it, you might get 60. So if you take a top sirloin that's rare, top sirloin. How can that count? Top sirloin medium rare, top sirloin well done. And, you know, and so each of those, so one thing of meat comes in all the different temperatures. You can get it, you know, depending on where they cut, you can get a different doneness. So I think every doneness is a different cut. So you could try a rare top sirloin or you could have a medium well top sirloin. I was a different doneness when I left it. When I came in, was I a different mat? You were two different mats. Oh. I left with a different mat than what I showed up with. <laughs> you're going to leave. You're going you're to have a svelte. Somewhat greasy, uh, excitable mat coming in. You're going to have a constipated, extremely greasy, irritable <laughs> mat rolling out. Two different mats. Well, it's not that hard to get the 60 if you figure rare, medium rare, medium, medium well, and well. So that's five temperatures per meat. So 
if five five different meats are already at fifty, uh, well, twenty five. Five different meats are at twenty five. <laughs> Ten five different meats are at, at two thousand different thousand cuts of meat. combinations. So uh, I don't think it's that hard to get to get this what you know sixty cuts of meat or what you know. But we didn't have sixty cuts of meat. But I think we did touch every except for the chicken and the shrimp. I feel like the shrimp was another trap. Wait, shrimp? Oh, wait, the shrimp you had to pay extra for. I think you had to pay extra for it, and it was uh, a They walked filler. over with a giant cup of shrimp cocktail. Yeah. And they said, does anybody want this? And I think the idea is they want you to, like, snatch it. Well, it's like the the women at the bars that walk around with the jello shots, right? Like, the, the I don't know if you, you know, one of them was last time you've been at a bar like this. But you know, like a club type of place, and there's always a couple waitresses that are walking around with like extra shots or Jello shots, and they're like, "Who wants a Jello shot?" And everyone grabs one and does one. And they're like, "All right, that's seven bucks each." And you're like, what? Uh, like when you walk down State Street and somebody hands you, a, you know, "Hey, hey, chief, you like hip hop?" Give you a hip hop CD, and you're like, "Uh, thank you," and they're like, ten bucks." <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just taking it to be polite. If you're gonna make me pay, I have. Actually, aggressively dislike hip hop. Here is your CD back, sir. <laughs> and your shrimp cocktail. <laughs> and now it's time for Eat This and That, where Jesus rose from the dead to bring you an Easter pizza. Man, this Easter pizza is just. I, when you said there was something called a pizza, I thought it would be like a. Chocolate chip cookie pizza with yeah, peeps on it? like a candy pizza, but yeah, it's a straight-up pizza covered in marshmallow peeps. It's a cheese pizza with peeps on it. But don't you like sweet and savory combos, you know, M&Ms and peanuts or uh, Cheese and marshmallows? And <laughs> cheese and marshmallows. Goes oh, together. God. Goes together. I don't like, think every sweet and savory combination goes together. Like, how about, uh, what was it, top sirloin and... Uh, jelly beans. Oh, sure. No. They don't all go together? They need to... All right. Well, (laughs) uh, someone's someone's making the pizza, which means someone's eating the pizza. But are they eating it because they want to, or is this an Easter time dare? Uh, Well, it might be like an urban legend. Like when Jesus came back and Thomas was like, you're not really Jesus. And he was like, I am. I'm back from the dead. And he said, if you're really Jesus, eat this pizza with marshmallows on it. And then he did. See, here's somebody on Twitter who ate half of one, at least it looks like it, because there's a picture of a half of one, which means somebody ate the rest of it. And uh, he says, this pizza was really good. I think Lehigh Pizza should put it on the permanent menu. Do we trust some? I mean, this. Could, it was on the news. internet, Matt. It must be true. Fake news. Here's somebody. I'm on the the uh, Today Show site. It looks like. Wait, Martha Stewart tried it. Someone is saying that. Uh, someone on Twitter is saying this is a crime against both God and man. Someone is saying, "How have you not been tried and executed?" <laughs> My favorite part is that the melted peeps just look like such sad. They just. Just sad. Yeah, I mean, they look like peeps that were in the wrong, you know, at Nagasaki at the wrong time. Yeah, frozen in time. Pompeii. They look like Pompeii peeps. I, I, 
I would oh. try this. I would have a slice and see. A slice or a bite? A bite. I guess it, I wouldn't commit to a whole slice. It's like a Your Hawaiian scientists pizza. scientists were so concerned whether or not they could do something. They never stopped to think about whether or not they should. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, look, everyone's got a different, you know, different tastes. So some people, uh, this is the perfect Easter treat. And for some people, this is a an abomination. Some people eat humans in Wisconsin. Sure. You're right. <laughs> I'm looking now. I'm following links to horrifying pizza Oh, abomination. Don't fall into that. Don't fall into that wormhole. We'll be here all cheese night. Cheese and mayonnaise? No. Cheese and mayonnaise, you said? Peas. P A S. Peas and mayonnaise. That, peas that's and mayonnaise. Pizza. Yeah. No, see, that's. Don't even put the word pizza after that, you know? That sounds like a Methodist salad, like something you have. Oh, right. It's got like marshmallows and maraschino or in, uh, in, uh, mandarin oranges. Yeah, like salad. Well, if you see one, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I was in Memphis last week, and I was getting all kinds of grief for being from Chicago. Ever since John Stewart did that stupid monologue about how pizza, yeah. Chicago pizza's, ca- you know, deep dishes casserole, everybody's all cocky in stupid parts of the country, and like to say that uh, deep dish isn't pizza; that it's some kind of cheese pie. It's so I, I mean, if it's a flatbread, I don't care what you call it. Inside, I mean, that's pizza. It. Even if you screw it up by covering it in peas and mayonnaise and peeps and canned spaghetti, it's still a pizza. It's just a super bad one, right? I guess what are the what's required to call it a pizza? Some kind of crust and some kind of cheese, and then that's it. Well, are there any che- uh, are there any Half. pizzas without? There's no. Is there such a thing as a pizza without a crust? Well, uh, people have made their pizza with like a. Uh, Somehow a cauliflower crust. Yeah, but that's cauliflower made into flour and made crust. into crust, right? It's just cauliflower made into a mush that's baked, Ew. pre-baked, you know. And it rehardens? Well, it cooks almost like a pancake, you know, enough to uh, set and carry, be a vessel for sauce and cheese. All right, well, I call that a crust. Yeah. So you need some crust. Kind of crust. Something to be a crust and something to be a topping. Something to be a cheese. A cheese. <laughs> some sort of cheese like product. Are there any cheese free pizzas? Oh, well, there must be. None worth eating, but they're out there. Uh cheeseless pizza. Closer walk with cheeseless. What would be on uh-huh. it? Just sauce and meat? That would just be like Oh, vegans. Oh, ve- yeah. But... Do they put some kind of cheese substitute? Non-dairy, non... Right, like seitan or... or Somehow uh, you could make it out of tofu, I'm sure. Right, it's made out of uh, marijuana. <laughs> Vegan pizza made with garlic herb crust, simple tomato sauce, tons of sautéed vegetables, and vegan Parmesan cheese. Oh, stop with the... Something that's not cheese made into cheese. Just don't have cheese. Yeah, they could really pretty much, if you're a vegan, you could pretty much get any version of real food, which is funny that you want, you know, something to be a turkey and something to be cheese and something to be eggs. Then just eat those things. Like, right. If you don't want those foods, don't don't, make fake those foods. Just eat something else. Yeah. 
why are you <laughs> putting all that work into making a, an egg out of tofu? Uh, so all you need is a crust? All you need is a disc and you've got pizza, I guess? Yeah, something and a, and a topping. It could be. Well, a- this is like that horrifying conversation everybody's having in these days of, is a hot dog a sandwich? What? Is a hot dog a sandwich? Like if, is all it takes to call something a sandwich? Meat bread. Bread or just bread? So would you put an Italian sausage on a bun and call that a sandwich, or would you say I'm just would you say I'm have an Italian sausage sandwich? I mean, I, certainly if you look a back a hundred years or so. Hot dogs were initially called Frankfurter sandwiches. Oh. There's even a Mandy Patinkin song about it. Hmm. I guess it's a sandwich. I'll concede that. Just because I don't want to could we take all encased meats and call them not sandwiches? Could we make that a separate category and say if it's an encased meat, that meat's already in a... What is it? Intestine. And then they're also putting bread with that. But then what? what is it? What category is it? You can't just have Jeez, some kind of. It's got to be something. I've got to be able to put this in a in a box in a category. You know, it's got to be a sandwich or it's got to be a casserole. Right. So the category would be sausage sandwiches. <laughs> sausage sandwiches. And there's that word. There you go. Uh, so all right. Well, if anybody is listening and and can think of any other way to categorize pizza besides stuff on a crust. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested to know what the parameters of a pizza are. So we have another Easter-themed food item to talk about today, and it's jelly beans. I love jelly beans, and it's killing me that I haven't had six bags of jelly beans hidden in my car all Easter season to munch on. But sugar is—I got the sugars. I don't want to get the sugars, so I'm trying not to overdo it. So I stole some of the kids' jelly beans that they had for Easter. And uh, I see now that you can see there's a ranked. Every state has a favorite jelly bean flavor. And I've seen this done with the obscene Google searches, uh huh, but never with the jelly beans. Yeah, so now, you know I, I've never liked jelly beans very much. Really? If I do like them, I guess I like the old, the the uh, what the ninety year olds like the black licorice. Um, but I generally don't like them. Sometimes it's novel to eat the ones where you never know what, you know, you know, like the Harry Potter ones where mm-hmm. maybe it's going to taste like a butt or maybe it's going to taste like pears. Yeah. Uh, but this, uh, I bought a bunch of jelly beans. Um, Viva found jelly beans from the Easter Bunny, and she said, Daddy, I don't even like jelly beans. And I wanted to say to her, well, sweetie, the, they're like a dollar a bag. And yeah. <laughs> you got to give the bunny a little wiggle room to pad out the festivities. <laughs> you just say the bunny can't control what comes out of its butt. You know, he poops jelly beans. So you got to eat jelly beans. Yeah. Now, how do you feel about the jelly beans that are like Starburst and... I love uh, them. Oh. Jolly Rancher jelly beans. Those are the best. Those are the best kind. Those, yeah, I think those are better than those regular are be- old gross uh, yeah, jelly like, beans, right? Oh, yeah. Like just a, a plain b- bag of like Brock's jelly beans. or That's no, nothing compared to the... Uh, Starburst jelly beans. Uh, my favorite jelly bean ever. Now, uh, I mean, maybe the jelly bellies and stuff will be number one just because their flavors are so intense. But the problem is they're like six bucks a pound, and uh, so I never <laughs> buy them. My favorite jelly bean I ever had outside of those uh, that were Hawaiian punch jelly beans. And oh, I, that sounds really good. They were so good. And I got them... Uh, 
you know, it was after Easter. Walgreens had them on clearance because they were trying to clear them out. I bought like three bags of them because they were so cheap. And I was, uh, I, I liked them so much that I drove to every Walgreens in the area and they'd, they'd all gotten rid of them by then. And it was the saddest day because there was no more uh, Hawaiian Punch jelly beans to be had. And I find every once in a while. On... There's no joy in Toddville. Oh, the no. mighty jelly beans had sold out. Oh, they were so good. They were just a good. They were all good flavors. Is the thing there was never one you didn't like, you know. Because even even in the like Starburst jelly beans, there's like a lemon, and it's like ah, I don't need the lemon. <laughs> I don't need the lemon. Give me the give me the um, the full flavored fruits, you know. Give me the. Uh, uh, you know the melons and the and the cherries and the and the you know red raspberry and the, I just want uh, fruit juicy berry flavors. I don't need right the lemon. sweeter berries, not the palate cleansing ones. Yeah, yeah, sweet. Not the ones that are merely there to be refreshing. Yeah, I don't need those. So um, I am. So I'm looking at an interactive map. You didn't get map. punched out. You didn't get uh, knocked unconscious by an albino Polynesian. No. I don't know. That's what that really reference. takes the edge off a of Hawaiian punch for me. Oh, is that he, why is he albino? I don't know. I guess that's what happens when you live on Hawaiian punch. You replace your blood with Hawaiian sugar. punch. You stop getting nutrients to your skin. Well, if you if you ever come across Hawaiian punch jelly beans, pick some up. I've seen them in smaller bags. I, I, they just uh uh they're they're too expensive, so I, you know, in the smaller bag. I'm I'm such a cheapskate. I, it looks like you can get them on uh, Amazon. Fourteen ounces. Up, oh, currently unavailable. Oh no! Oh, and it's a Brox. It's a Brox product. Brox Hawaiian Punch Jelly Beans. It's weird to me that Brox still exists. This just seems like an old. I remember when we were kids and you go into the grocery store and there'd be like drawers, like weird cardboard shippers of Brox. Uh, yes, and uh, like bulk candies, right? And I used to love yeah. Brock's. Um, they were, it was almost like just a rectangle uh, uh-huh. of just a jellied sugar-covered candy. There's know. something very dry goods store about the whole setup. Yeah. yeah. Like there should have been a pickle barrel nearby. <laughs> or a you-need-a-biscuit in the airtight sanitary pack. Yeah, there's no... Uh, the Hawaiian Punch jelly beans are just gone. But yeah, maybe I'll I'll write my local. Isn't Brock's a, uh, a Chicago company? Is it? I don't know. I think What's so. uh, for our pan is right that makes oh, maybe like that's the racist what I'm thinking of. cherry candies. Yes. <laughs> so jelly beans. I'm a big fan of jelly beans. So I was very interested in seeing the different flavors. But I'm curious what they what their what their research was done on because. I've seen some flavors here that it makes me think they were just using Jelly Bellies as their as their oh. choices because they're the only ones I know that make buttered popcorn. I'm seeing buttered popcorn in at least six states. I'm seeing a lot of buttered popcorn on this map. Seven. That does, in fact, seem like a Jelly Belly proprietary item. Yes. I find this whole map to be erroneous. I, I, I guess I'm saying I doubt the uh, pollsters at candystore.com. What? Are you going to call into question their uh, scientific uh, survey integrity? Uh, I want to know who the Nate Silver of CandyStore.com is because this is uh, 
This is reading even less true than the projections of Hillary Clinton's win. Uh, I think it's an intern named Dale. (laughs) Well, what I don't buy is Illinois right here has its own favorite flavor that is nowhere else in the 50 states. And I'm pretty sure it's not a jelly flavor. Italian sausage. (laughs) Vienna beef hot dog jelly beans. (laughs) Maxwell Street Polish. (laughs) It's a uh, chocolate. Yeah, I don't yeah, buy it. I don't buy it. Where did they stop one person on the street, like a crazy person on Lower Wacker, and they just went chocolate, and then uh, that was Al Gore is a robot. Chocolate. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not buying it. I can't. There's no such thing as a chocolate jelly bean. Uh, well, Jelly Belly has one. Well, sure, but they got all kinds of crazy novelty flavors. Those would not have enough saturation. The source is CandyStore.com nine years sales and survey data. So over nine years of Jelly Bean sales, they sent... Oh, from their website? Must be. They've sent the most Jelly Beans to these states. So Illinois has purchased the most chocolate Jelly Beans of any other state. From CandyStore.com, which I've never heard of. Yeah, but I'm I'm thinking I'm not going to shut this page down without putting some things in a shopping cart. Now, if you recall, during our misspent youth, there was a bizarre uh, fad in Illinois when we were all drinking fudge soda. Yeah. Or Canfield's Diet Fudge Soda. Do you remember that craze when we were in yes. grade school? Yeah. Well, is that different than like just a Yoo-Hoo? Or is this carbonated? Oh, this was popped. This wasn't uh, like chocolate milk in a can. This was... Oh, yeah, can- yeah. This was canned chocolate soda. Right. Yes. This is like somebody took took a Coke, and instead of having it be cocaine-flavored, it tasted like melted candy bar with bubbles. And mm-hmm. it was hard to get through one, I'll tell you what. Yeah, I wonder what the draw was with that. Had to have been novelty. Well, uh, so besides, okay, Illinois chocolate. Uh, okay, I'll I'll let that one slide. I don't believe it. No way. Um, so I'm seeing Let's a lot of. Canfield's Diet Fudge Soda is a zero calorie, aspartame sweetened, carbonated soft drink distributed by AJ Canfield Company of Elgin, Illinois. So it was local. Maybe 1984. That. Canfield's Diet Chocolate Fudge was reintroduced uh, in an opportune way. Uh, oh, because New Coke had come out, and everybody was like, blah, we don't like New Coke. So Canfield said, we're bringing back Diet Fudge, which was an experiment from the 70s. Chicago Tribune reporter Bob Green, didn't he end up being a pedophile or something? I think he had some issues with the law. Some- Shocking. Reviewed the product and called it, uh, described it as tasting like calorie-free hot fudge sundaes, and it went to the hottest drink in the soft market, in the soft drink market, overnight. We were all drinking it. We we weren't there to feather no ruffle. We were just there to do the Super Bowl shuffle and drink diet fudge pop. <laughs> well, it's uh, maybe that's uh, why we still favored chocolate jelly beans. So I feel like the there's a very limited number of favorite flavors here. So it looks like just glancing over the map of the United States, there's maybe 
eight flavors of jelly beans. So the entire United States is encompassed in eight favorite flavors because it looks like your flavors are you're either going to be cherry, watermelon, uh, apple, pear, blueberry, buttered popcorn, cinnamon, or uh, black licorice, which is this is where. So the number one flavor in America is black licorice. Uh, and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven states, if you count Alaska as civilization, uh, that eat black licorice or that prefer black licorice. Prefer it. They eat it on purpose. Like, is, <laughs> isn't that the jelly bean flavor? That if, if you get a mixed bag of jelly beans and black licorice is one of them, you th- that's all that's left at the end. You seek out the black licorice. Well, it could be that this is being requested by retirement homes, nursing homes. Oh, yeah, because, uh, sure, well, just like the old, like, blackjack gum and stuff, so they just prefer uh, depression, depression era. Yeah, uh, things that taste like the inside of a suitcase. Yeah. Like the steamer trunk you were born in with your vaudevillian parents. <laughs> yes, because you're supposed to enjoy candy, but not too much. Because you're not, we didn't want you to be too happy because it was still the depression after all. <laughs> we, uh, we, if we get too happy, we'll forget about the shrapnel from the World War One rolling around inside our bodies, and when it dies, we'll, when we die, we'll be surprised. <laughs> yeah, they're they're ordering twenty pounds of black licorice and a case of Life magazine to each retirement home in Alaska, California, Montana. So I'm looking at, so you have at almost half of the United States that prefers a savory jelly bean, which to, well, okay, would you call black licorice? I guess it's not savory. I guess it's sweeter, but it's not fruity. So, Certainly not fruity. I mean, what, it's spice. That's what you'd call it. Do you like spice drops? What do you call those little? Oh, yeah. No. I, anise. I, anise, right? Anise. So I do like some anise in a pizzelle. I love a good pizzelle. Um, but, uh, it doesn't belong in a jelly bean. Jelly beans are fruit flavored. You give me a non-fruit flavored jelly bean, you're just giving me some kind of sugar garbage. So cinnamon? No. Buttered popcorn? No. Chocolate? No. Black licorice? No. What do you call coconut? That's fruit. I would go with coconut. That's sweetie. Grows on a tree. It grows on a tree. We call watermelon. That's, that's oh, uh, yum. It grows on a vine. It's a melon. That's fine. Fruity, fruit, fruity Cut candy. This, uh, you know, I would pass on it, but it's it's better than one of the others. But it's not a fruit. I think a jelly bean should be a fruit flavor. Bubble gum is that a, fl- a fruit? That's just not a flavor. It's bubble gum. It's just a sugar. Isn't bubble gum flavor just sugar flavor? Cotton candy is just sugar flavor. Yeah. Bubble gum is bubble gum flavor. Mm. Uh, how about uh, earwax? Haven't tried it. Uh, I don't believe it. We do have, I, I think my kids have a, it's called Bean Boozled. So you uh, you spin a wheel and it tells you what color jelly bean you have to eat. And each jelly bean of each color, there's two flavors. One flavor is a delicious flavor, and one flavor is a disgusting flavor. 
Oh wow! But they look exactly the same. So when you get a you know color, you got to pick out of the out of whatever however many of the, that color you have and see whether you get the gross versions. You can get boogers or you can get green apple, but they're both green. Oh wow! I don't want to know what the alternative to marshmallow is. I'd like. I want to know whose job it is to figure out how to replicate a booger flavor. How many boogers do you have to eat before you can get the chemical makeup of booger flavor? They get a bunch of seven-year-old scientists in a lab. <laughs> and how do you break that down? How do you break down that flavor profile? It's salty. And, like, what would you... How would you break down the flavor profile of a booger? Having never, having never been a booger eater myself, uh, I've always wondered... Do they taste different at different, um, you know, in different, what would you call it, phases? Like if you eat uh, a lot of asparagus, do your boogers taste weird? <laughs> right. If it's waxing gibbous. Like what if you have uh, a sinus infection? <laughs> Is that different than, I, I mean, you know. I smell a new jelly belly flavor. Sinus infection. Sinus infection. It's Nebraska's favorite flavor. <laughs> hey, folks, you already shop on Amazon. Why not put those dollars to work keeping this show on the air? Do it by using the Amazon portal at paternitypodcast.com. Here's how you do it. When you want to buy something on Amazon, maybe it's Hawaiian Punch jelly beans. Maybe it's Tabasco jelly beans. Maybe it's Massachusetts' favorite jelly bean, coconut, because they like pina coladas and taking walks in the rain. Uh, and they, uh, they also like to buy their stuff on Amazon by going to paternitypodcast.com. You'll see an Amazon portal there. You click on it. You type in what you're looking for. Uh, you don't pay extra. You don't sign up for anything. You just go to paternitypodcast.com, click the portal thingy. Amazon pops up. You buy your stuff. They know you came through our portal. They send us some of their profits, and we use that to keep this show on the air. Now, uh, I don't know where the Easter Bunny does his shopping, Todd. Mm-hmm. But uh, we got a new frying pan. Oh, under the under the Easter tree mm-hmm. this weekend. And uh, my question for you: We had to get one because we go through frying pans. I mean, maybe only one a, every year or two, but. We eat a lot of eggs in this house. A lot of eggs. Well, uh, and it's important to have a good nonstick when you're making eggs. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we try to keep them seasoned. There's that whole, like, seasoning it thing where you heat it up and you put oil on it and all that. So a nonstick, like, though? Or I thought that was for cast iron. Uh, it depends. Actually, I saw, no, uh, um, ceramic you have to uh, season. Gotcha. Um, cast iron for sure. I just make my eggs in a bowl in the microwave. Wait, really? It's so smelly when you do that. It's an egg. It's, it doesn't matter how you cook it. I don't know. I don't eat a lot of eggs these days, but I like hard boiled eggs. We talked about that. I, so yeah, I put it. I, I you know you could even give a quick a quick spritz on the bowl of a cooking spray just so it doesn't stick. Drop an egg in there, poke the yolk, and then uh, a little salt and pepper. 
55 seconds in the microwave. You got a perfectly cooked egg and you put it on your toast or your English muffin. Wow, stinks. No, it smells like eggs. Now, isn't that awfully hard fried? Like, can you get a nice runny yolk? No, you can't. You can't get a runny yolk. So if you're looking for a runny yolk, you got to go skillet so you can go soft. I mean, if you time it just right, but you also usually end up with a little bit of uncooked egg white. Uh, so it's if you're looking for a runny yolk, which I do like a runny yolk, then you'll go uh, over easy on the uh, on the skillet. How hardcore are you about your skillets and frying pans? Like, are you a pan guy? Yes, I love my pans, and uh, uh, so we just replaced two of our nonsticks because they began to stick, especially with eggs. It got really annoying. You couldn't make okay. It you replace yours too. Yeah. Now, our last set, we got a decent set, so it lasted a few years. I think we got three, four years out of it before we had to replace it. But um, I've seen some people who say, look, don't get the super expensive nonsticks because they're all going to wear out eventually anyway. Get a medium or low-priced one and just get a new one every year. Like, get a nonstick every year because the coating wears off. You scratch it, whatever. And so you get a $20 skillet once a year, and you always got nice eggs. See, this that goes to a core philosophical question in my life, which is do you buy high-quality things and get them fixed or keep them up, or do you buy disposable No one's going to fix a frying pan, so you're not going to send it back to get re-Tefloned or anything. So that... I suppose that's not a thing. Well, I found to... Support your point. I feel like both the cheap and the medium, mid-level frying pans and skillets that we've bought have only lasted a couple of years. But maybe one should go to like way upscale. Maybe those never wear out. Or is that not true? Are they all going to wear out after a few years? All right. So, how much do you think a qu- like? What like, about Le Creuset or whatever that company is? Like, and how much is one of those a twelve-inch skillet or a ten-inch skillet in that size? And how bucks? Two hundred dollars, maybe. Okay. So I can get um, ten. Oh. Twenty-dollar uh-huh. uh, ten-inch skillets uh, for the price of that. Which right. means if I get one a year. Um, right. I'm looking at an 11 and a half inch Marseille skillet from Le Creuset, and it is uh, 200 bucks. Oh, my gosh. You can get a, uh, a T-Fal for, <laughs> for 20 bucks. Right. All right. Now, how about shoes? Shoes? Well, you know, you drop uh, I'm a couple few them. hundred bucks on a fancy pair of wingtips, and you can get them resold for the rest of your life by the company. Or do you get some, like, uh, you know, Matt. $35, $45 ones at Marshall's? What do you do? I'm the $35 guy. I, that's my, like, magical number of shoe. I will not spend more than $35 on shoes. I don't care. You know, I'm also a $35 guy, and I feel like I always wear pretty sharp-looking shoes. Like if you had nowhere to look, you can I can, you can still be kind of a yeah. shoe dandy without spending the money. Well, then you get more shoes. You know, you get more thirty five dollars shoes, and then you can have multiple sets instead of one three hundred dollars shoe that you have to resole. How often are you wearing that pair of shoes that you got to resole it? Well, you know, I have to uh, 
sell pencils in a cup every day <laughs> up and down the street. And then I get that hole right in the center of the sole, stuff it with newspapers for a while, uh, newspapers that say, you know, uh, Hitler rising in Europe. <laughs> Well, then I get them resold. Then I eat some black licorice. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> so, uh, what what kind of a skillet did you end up getting? Did you go expensive or middle of the road? No, cheapy. No, Twenty five bucks. Yep, that's all you need to do. That's fine. Use it till it doesn't stick anymore. Then you get rid of it. You recycle it. Whatever. Let them melt it down into some shoes for some poor boy. It's, you know, selling newspapers <laughs> and uh, on the street. And then uh, you get yourself a new skillet. All right. And you know what you do? You just, you, do you recycle that? Do you throw that in the garbage? What do you do with the old mm. skillet? I struggled with that. I'm sure there's got to be someone who will melt that down uh, and recycle it, but I don't think you could put it in your recycle bin. Make it into bullets for the war effort? <laughs> if you don't recycle your frying pan, you eat eggs with Hitler? Yeah, that's right. I don't know if you can – I guess you could also, like, Donate it to Goodwill, but then you're giving someone a, a nonstick pan that that sticks. Sticks. That's mean. So that seems kind of mean spirited. If you know, hey, you there, Poro. <laughs> Hope you enjoy eating half your eggs. <laughs> Hey, if you like the paternity test, please help us tell other people about it. Subscribe on iTunes, leave us a review. It's quick and it's easy, and it helps other people find us. You can read our weekly paternity test blog at chicagoparent.com and our monthly column, Viva Daddy in Chicago Parent Magazine, available wherever panks show up with a portable car seat. What's a pank? It's a professional aunt, no kid. Oh, that that they're so... There's such an aunt that they've got their own car seat for their niece or nephew. Yeah, like the bubble bum or one of those, you know, boosters, one of the, like, mm-hmm. the, you know, the backless kind that for some reason are also legal. Yeah, I don't know. You get away with whatever you want. Social media isn't just for stultifying lists of what you think is the most underrated musical. It's Flahooli, by the way. It's also for us. Like our page on Facebook, share our posts, and follow us on Pinterest, on Instagram at The Paternity Test, and on Twitter at The Dad Test. Send us a question or a comment for The Paternity Test Mailbag. Just email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at our phone number 657-BAD-DADS. And now it's time for Holla Don'ts. That's where here comes Peter Cottontail hopping down the bunny fail. Well, Easter has come and gone. And, uh, you know, this was not, I don't know if it was because it was a busy time of year or, you know, with the age of the kids, but I feel like uh, it's not the same. <laughs> it's just not, it doesn't have that feel, that that magical feel that Easter you used to. Good, uh, holiday dad for your kids. But you and Kelly are the grinchiest grinches that ever grinch when it comes to holidays for each other, right? Well, yeah, we don't uh, we don't love each other enough to celebrate. You know, we don't want each other to enjoy the holidays. We just do it for our kids. But your kids are getting to be not so young anymore. Well, so here's at the some thing. they cross the threshold into your misery cave. I'm afraid that we are pulling them into that, uh, and it's not fair. So your grotto of despair. Yeah, that that why should we buy presents for each other? So uh, 
Easter was a, uh, as Christmas has become a present, presence of necessity. So what do you need for Easter? Not what do you want for Easter? <laughs> <laughs> no. So we tried to, we didn't go full Grinch. Like we tried to, we tried to get a mixture. So, uh, Alex needed, but also wanted a new basketball for his basketball hoop outside. So he did get that. And Ellie, That's somebody bought me a basketball. And Ellie needed and wanted this set of gel pens uh, for her drawing and art. So they have these gel pens on Amazon. It went way to be gender typical. That's what she wanted. If she gel, wanted a basketball. Colored gel pens for your daughter and a basketball for your 120 son. 120 of them. Why don't you just get him a BB gun and her some maxi pads, <laughs> you gender fascist. They didn't have her size. <laughs> which is... Uh, I don't know what that would be. But the other thing was a full necessity gift. There was no, like, I want this. It's like, you need this. It might as well have got him, like, deodorant. Is Alex uh, woke up on Easter morning to find, with his Easter basket, uh, an Orelco electric razor. Whoa! For his dirty half mustache or whatever you would call that. It's like dark dark hair, dark soft hair on the upper lip that just looks looks like he always left some Oreo uh half eaten Oreo on his upper lip and his and some long chin hairs. For his dirty Sanchez. Yes. So because uh, I had asked him a few weeks ago, I'm like, "Do you want to like razor shave?" And he was like, "No." I he was a little afraid of that, so I said, "Well, let's." Oh, so he said, "You can shave any way you want, but no son of mine's going to walk around here looking like James Franco." <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what I said, and I think he, I think he was on board with losing it too because he didn't. Oh, that's cool. It wasn't enough. To, it wasn't. You know, I I know my my brother in high school let that thing grow out because it made him feel older and more mature, but it was always just like dirty, you know, I think it's quite the opposite. And, uh, you know, I mean, if you grew it out and you look like, uh, 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 I don't know who's got a substantial beard. Um, Tom Selleck. Sure. But if you look like Orlando bloom, that just points up the fact that you're young. Yes. Yeah. It, it just yeah, it draws attention to itself for sure. So, um, so Alex got that, and Ellie got a hair dryer because she's constantly now, just in the past few months, knocking on our door in the morning, wanting to borrow my wife's hair dryer because uh, she's used to just go to school with wet hair because she didn't care. It's like wet hair, don't care, and she just go. And now it matters, and I think it's because she must have a boyfriend. Um, oh. There's got to be because there's been other weird things happening. Like she wants to walk home after school as opposed to get picked up, and so her and her friend, her neighbor friend, they walk home, and I think it's because they walk home with boys or something. So, um, uh, I, things are happening here in the Melcar's house, and I'm trying to decide if I want to just play dumb and let things happen. You know, I know in fifth grade I had a girlfriend. She's in fifth grade. She could be the girlfriend. So uh, it's just to turn a blind eye and let the teen pregnancies fall where they may. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's it. You know, it's it's a game of Russian roulette. 
Because, you know, I can't be everywhere at once. Somebody's got to get pregnant. It probably won't be your kids. <laughs> you know, mathematically speaking. Mathematically. I just, I just need to hope that we've scared, the, you know. I let her watch April the Giraffe give birth the other day, and I think that bought me a couple years. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, when that when that baby giraffe fell out of the... Back of April the giraffe onto the ground, followed by about eighteen gallons of afterbirth and fluid. <laughs> um, I think Ellie was... eighteen gallons of afterbirth is my favorite Tennessee Ernie Ford song. <laughs> it 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 was an enormous amount of fluid, and uh... Uh, well, watching April the giraffe might uh, might stave off the years when she has to buy Sophie the giraffe. Mm-hmm. Hopefully for a few more years. So, uh, at least give me at least uh, just get her through college. That's all. <laughs> then she do whatever she wants. Um, so anyway, so our Easter has has become a you know I'm surprised it wasn't like socks and underwear and you know instead of jelly beans you get dental floss. I told the kids they're like. I can't wait for my Easter candy. I said, you realize we just spent about $600 in dental bills for both of you because you have cavities uh, from eating too much candy. And now all you think about is this candy holiday. So, Is it really because of the candy or is it just genetic? It's a, the, the dentist actually thinks it's with Ellie that it's genetic because I was uh, uh, she has molars that weren't fully formed in the womb. Something went on down there. I don't know if she was busy dissolving a twin that she <laughs> didn't have time to fully form her teeth. <laughs> so uh, uh, so she has a predisposition to, to uh, cavities. And uh, Alex, I just don't think, uh, takes good care of his teeth. So there's that. Um, but yeah, Easter wasn't, there was no hiding eggs. There was no, you know, we had, the hardest part was we can't stay up past our kids anymore. Kelly and I will fall asleep at 10 o'clock and the kids are, uh, got another hour and a half, two hours in them. So now I need to set an alarm to wake up before them. So I need to set oh. an alarm to wake up at like sometime in the middle of the night, like 3 a.m. Hope they've, the kids have actually gone to bed by then and then get up and do whatever secret things we need to do and, uh... Uh, and hope that the Easter baskets are there when they wake up. So, Is there any reason why they wouldn't be? Well, if the Easter Bunny doesn't come, if the Easter Bunny doesn't uh, forgets why they set their alarm and just turns it off and goes back to bed. <laughs> it's not time to use my 12-inch skillet yet. Go back to sleep. That's right. Sausage gravies for the morning. <laughs> Actually, sausage gravies for any time. Um, so Easter was fairly uneventful and I feel like we need to, if we don't have, and this is our, we, maybe we just didn't establish good family traditions, um, growing up in terms of like, oh, we always have to do this. We always have to do that. It wasn't, it was just whatever we felt like doing this year. That's what we would do this year. And, uh, what as far as whether it was a candy hunt or an egg hunt or inside or outside or looking yes. for a basket or. Yeah. It depended on the weather, depended on our motivation, depended on our, like how busy we were, and, uh, our schedules and where relatives were, you know, were my parents coming over? Were we going out to her parents? It was always different. So we just don't have those Easter tr- traditions. So the kids have no expectations. They have no expectations. 
it's different every year. So there's no, why didn't we do this this year? So they, we've kind of fooled them into not expecting anything. <laughs> and you didn't have to worry about uh, the Dear Lucy to Easter Bunny is in all of us letter that you keep in your wallet? Uh, no, I think Ellie is, uh, she's, she's ignorance is bliss and she got, she got an Easter basket. So she's good. You know, so any, any, you know, have any need to have a discussion, I think has been pushed down deep inside <laughs> under, All right. under the rug of denial. <laughs> <laughs> so how was your Easter? And Alex got his, uh, his Alex got his fresh pack of Luckies and a mint called Sensen, his old man's Trojans and an old, some old spice <laughs> aftershave. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about next year. Like, how do I top that? How do we, what do we, where do we go after electric shaver besides uh, a subscription to Playboy or something? I don't know. <laughs> Taser. Taser. <laughs> Non-lethal personal defense weapons. Well, we've relaxed our, you know, can I get up some a box of Cubans or something next year? Oh, there you go. Now that that won't got... even be exciting by next year. No, it won't be. So, uh, but you should still, you still have all the magic of Easter in your house, right? So much magic. Uh, an excessive amount of magic, as a matter of fact. <laughs> uh, the, the excessive amount of magic that can only come in a household with two working parents and an only child. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and you know, I remember several years ago, there was an expected chocopocalypse. They were saying that because... Large emerging markets in the world were starting to like chocolate. That unless scientists could genetically engineer cocoa plants that produced more pods, that by like 2015, a Hershey bar would cost like $15. What is that like the the story that we're going to run out of bananas someday or something? I mean, pretty I, much. Because oh, they're it. not genetically diverse enough. And yeah. yeah. But. Chocolate has not gone. No, chocolate's, chocolate's going strong, and yeah. is uh, I mean, it's cheaper than uh, most other foods. I haven't noticed well, any kind of. We we keep we keep uh, in our house. We have some staples. So the staples are obviously bread, mm -hmm. milk, uh -huh. some eggs, cigarettes, and uh, chocolate chips. There always need to be bags of chocolate chips because oh. they go with everything. You need a little snack? Have some chocolate chips. Don't have anything good to eat for dessert? Take some chocolate chips on top of some peanut butter. Eat it on a spoon. Nothing to put in the sausage gravy? Chocolate chips. Uh-huh. Yep. Sprinkle a little something on your oatmeal? Chocolate chips. Oh. So, well. uh, so we buy stock in chocolate, and uh, we're doing fine. Well, I've been kind of gently chided that I was going, that the Easter bunny was going overboard in my house. <laughs> oh, so man. I thought, well, this year I'll tell the Easter bunny that he has a $40 uh, limit mm -hmm. on candy buying. You know what? You can get a lot of candy for 40 bucks. Show enough. <laughs> I mean, plastic eggs included, forty bucks. It's like three twenty-five for a bag of yeah, bag of candy. So you can get like a dozen bags of candy and some plastic eggs for forty bucks. Who knew? Who knew? And 
uh, Thursday, no, Friday, we went to an Easter egg hunt at uh, Pickles Playroom and Salon mm-hmm. in Chicago, which is a kid's haircut place and, like, discovery zone, uh, where Viva won the egg hunt. She found the golden egg, which won you a gift certificate to come back to Pickles Playland and Salon. Now, how competitive was that? Like, were you – or how competitive were you? Because I could see I threw you, some elbows. Yeah, making sure – <laughs> that Viva was able to find that golden egg. I'm not saying I tripped some three-year-olds. I'm just saying some three-year-olds who were by me fell down. <laughs> They're already close to the ground, so. Yeah, it's not it. a far trip for them. Nah, nah, nah. They practically live down there. <laughs> uh, Saturday, we went to Brooklyn Boulders, Chicago, invited by Brooklyn Boulders to uh, – Visit their third annual egg extravaganza, which was absolutely incredible. And thanks to all the listeners who came out to climb with us and see us at the egg extravaganza. But it was awesome. I mean, they had eggs with like double stick tape oh, or like I, that. I was curious how they were going to get the eggs vertical. 25 feet in the air. I mean, they weren't so, messing around. These eggs were just like six inches off the ground. You had to do some climbing to get to some of these eggs. How did you secure the eggs once you found them 25 feet in the air? Did you just drop them on your parents? Uh, I went and got some really high ones that all the kids were scared to get, and I put them in my chalk bag and climbed back down. But the kids uh, the kids that were going up, Viva's there with a whole bunch of other like four- and five-year-olds, and they were getting them from way high up and just throwing them down. Now, were the kids scared to go get them, or you were just climbing over them to go get them? Uh, I said, you guys look really scared. And they were like, we're not scared. You look really scared. <laughs> and uh, the eggs have, were these your traditional plastic eggs that pop open and got yes. a couple of pennies in each one or something? Well, like? they were very smart because those pennies from that, that uh, high up could, you know, <laughs> go right through your skull. <laughs> <laughs> all, the, all the Easter eggs were filled with ninja stars. <laughs> Chinese stars falling 32 feet per second per second. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, they, the eggs were empty, and you brought the eggs to the counter, and then they gave you candy so that, uh, you know, oh. stale Tootsie Rolls wouldn't be falling 50 feet into children's eyeballs. That makes sense. I get it. Okay. That's you cash good. them in. You cash them in. They're like, like chips in a casino. So could you have smuggled in? Like a bag of 200 empty plastic eggs? and, and Well, I didn't them. know what they looked like when I got there, <laughs> but now that I know, next year... That's right. Just bringing, how you know, how did we run out of candy in the first half hour? Right. Because those little plastic eggs nowadays, you go to Walmart, those are like uh, two bucks for a 50 count. Yeah. Although for two bucks, you could also get a big bag of chocolate and not have uh-huh. to climb a wall. To get, <laughs> to, or, <laughs> right, or, you can just sit on the ground and eat it. You like just a sit human. on the ground and eat your chocolate. Well, they also had uh, one of those, what do you call it? Uh those contests where you try and make a device so if you throw an egg off a balcony, it doesn't break when it hits the ground? Oh, yes. I don't know what that's called, but it's just getting flashbacks of high school physics. Mm-hmm. Well, they did it with little kids, and the little kids, they gave them an hour to do it, and they had all the materials Wait, you there. Mean the they had, had a, you mean they threw little kids down to see if they wouldn't crack open when they hit Right. You had to make a special like kind of pouch or a parachute for the kids <laughs> so that they wouldn't crack open when they hit the ground. Hmm. High stakes. Yeah. <laughs> what was the success rate on that? <laughs> Thunderdome extravaganza. <laughs> well, they didn't have enough uh, candy for all the kids. <laughs> they had to weed them out somehow. 
I'll tell you what the success rate was on the egg toss. Um, zero percent. <laughs> no, no, you, the kids aren't going to have the patience to make something like successful that that'll do that. Was it a, a raw egg? It was trying to keep from smashing, or what was? Oh yeah, it, it was a raw egg, and, uh, uh, and they were mopping up some serious, uh, serious, uh, serious yokage. <laughs> They're like, what? I drew a smiley face on it. That should have protected it. <laughs> it was a happy egg <laughs> until it sprayed all over the floor. <laughs> but by Sunday, Viva had already had two major egg hunts and a big old mess of candy. But uh, Easter Bunny had already gotten forty dollars worth of candy. You know, you could have uh, the Easter Bunny could have adjusted their budget mid mid shopping trip and gone. Wait a minute, I'm I'm a halfway to forty. But I've got enough candy, you know, for the uh, entire north side of Chicago. The Easter Bunny doesn't seem to have a really good gauge of how much candy it takes to cover the house or what's appropriate for one five-year-old girl. Uh, the Easter Bunny thinks it's always not enough until the, <laughs> until the five-year-old girl is up to her waist in <laughs> tiny Kit Kats and Reese's Cups. <laughs> <laughs> then, then the Easter Bunny realizes mistakes were made. Well, in our house, uh, the Easter Bunny puts paths of candy all around the inside of the house. Mm. Uh, lines all the edges of all the furniture and the masonry and the the uh, fireplace and the mantles. Candy everywhere. Candy on the piano keys. Candy in a few different rooms. There's a, some candy that spells out, help me, I'm trapped in an Easter egg factory. <laughs> That's right. Uh, candy on the back of the card that says, wash me. <laughs> and uh, this year, in our new with our new campus quad available to us, it looks mm-hmm. like the Easter Bunny got extra creative and made arrows pointing all around the house to help the path. Um, some of the arrows pointed to toys and Moana costumes. And some of the arrows pointed out the front door where 50 more eggs were all about Northwestern's campus. My gosh. At some point with Viva, even like this is too many eggs to hunt, I'm done. I can't imagine her going and collecting all these. Uh, she's gotten bored every year. Yeah. Uh, of uh, She's had to do it in phases. Go play, go eat, go look some more. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't even the last egg hunt of the day. There was another one at Nana's house after. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, she got pretty bored. Everyone should and- agree on one Easter egg hunt per child you know what i mean like if you are either you should have the easter egg hunt or nana should have the easter egg hunt but there's no reason to make your daughter do two easter egg hunts she's exhausted at some point it was work she had four easter egg hunts in three days uh and you know there's some kid in africa uh the greatest gift they'll get this year is life uh (laughs) do they know it's easter time at all (laughs) thank god it's them instead of you (laughs) <laughs> well, Viva woke up at 6 in the morning, and I heard a hilarious quote on my wife, where she tried to wake up my wife, and my wife said, uh, look, just watch three episodes of cartoons, and then we'll all get up. <laughs> uh, three episodes. Watch three three-hour Disney movies, and then we'll right. all get up. I That's promise. Right. So when we finally did get up, she'd already scoped out the whole house. Like She knew where all the toys were. She knew where all the fanciest candies were. Uh, and I said, look, mommy and daddy are going to brush our teeth. We're going to put in our contacts, and then we'll – she said, there's arrows. Uh, there's, there's candy everywhere. 
He said, well, the Easter Bunny seems to uh, have done himself. And I took the garbage out at about 2 in the morning, and I saw that the Easter Bunny had put uh, these plastic eggs all over a certain quad on campus. And uh, I said, let me put my contacts in, and then we'll uh, we'll, we'll go outside, or we'll go... We'll go outside. She said, okay, I'm going to put my, my shoes on. She was in pajamas. So I brush my teeth. I put on my contacts, and I hear uh, a clatter outside the bathroom door, and I open the door, and she drops six plastic eggs on the floor of the hallway. Mm-hmm. But the plastic eggs were outside, not inside. Oh. And I thought, wait, where'd you get these? And then I hear a knock, and I look over at the front door, which is hanging open, and in the doorway is a police officer. Oh. <laughs> And I said, hello, officer. And the officer said, oh, hi. Um, I was just uh, patrolling campus, and I saw a little girl in her pajamas running across the quad with her arms full of eggs. So I followed her to make sure that uh, someone knew where she was. Uh, And I said, well, I appreciate you having done that because I had no idea where she was. I followed her so I could see who to arrest for child neglect. Right. So when I call DCFS, I can tell them where to go. Uh, and I guess when Viva saw the officer, uh, she just booked it to the house. Well, she's, she's been taught well. You see, yep. she, cheese it, it's the fuzz. Yeah. Well, her mom is uh, like the Black Lives Matter sponsor. So. <laughs> Hands up, don't that. shoot. <laughs> right. Eggs down, don't shoot. Eggs down. Oh, that's so sad. So she... Uh, so she was so excited she couldn't wait for you to put the contacts in. She yep. Just ran so she went outside. She's never so like, gone outside. So did you have a talk with her about running out into public spaces by herself? It's time to have that talk now. Oh, we didn't okay. have it on Easter morning, but it, I think it needs to happen sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went outside to get, to get the rest of the eggs, and uh, we found out that since whenever the Easter Bunny had put the eggs down, about half of them had been chewed into from the outside. By rabid Easter bunnies who were. I'm uh, gonna hope it's by squirrels. I'm gonna go with squirrels. Not inebriated college kids. Well, I mean, they were like tiny rodentine tooth marks through the plastic eggs. Maybe it was a college student on bath salts. It could have been a college student on bath salts. Very easily. <laughs> Very easily. So um, uh, there's some critters. Uh, going through your eggs. Yep. So either rats or Maybe. squirrels. We went with squirrels, ate half the candy. Maybe next year you shouldn't fill them with beef jerky. <laughs> I shouldn't fill them with cheese. <laughs> and uh, then we took the rest of the eggs inside. It also rained overnight. So it was like going through a cranberry bog to find oh. the eggs. And I put them all in a basket on the dining room table. And then we all went and got ready. And then uh, Viva started screaming from the dining room, and we went in the dining room, and the basket full of eggs was completely crawling with ants. Oh! I haven't told my wife this yet, but it is now Tuesday, and I saw some of the ants today. In the house still? Yeah. Well, once they're in the house, they don't really have a reason to leave, because there's probably food somewhere. There's candy everywhere. And there's candy everywhere. Undiscovered. Uh, well, Robin's eggs. You're doing a good thing for the ants. You're giving them a nice place to live. 
full of food, warmth, and plenty of, uh, you know, plenty of nighttime cuddles with, uh, all these ants got the sugar you walking would, around with only four oh, or five yeah. legs. <laughs> yeah, they've, uh, they've hit the mother load. Like they, if there was one place, you know, in that area to land, it's in your house. Cause you know, you're going to make plenty of eggs in your skillet. You buy forty dollars worth of candy for one five-year-old girl who really probably needs about a dollar twenty-five worth of candy. <laughs> so you basically got her forty times the amount of <laughs> needed candy. <laughs> Seems like there's the Easter Bunny should bring a piece of candy or one chocolate bunny, and then maybe uh, I don't know uh, some some sort of material thing that. That won't rot your teeth. An Atari game. Yes, an Atari game. You know, you could have brought her the new Nintendo Switch. Or could have gotten her an electric razor. An electric razor. She'll need it someday. She's Italian. She might need it soon. Oh, she is Italian. That's true. And maybe you could have gotten her an eyebrow trimmer. Something practical. Something festive. Something that says he is risen. <laughs> Did she even make it through the last Easter egg hunt? Did she have enough wins in her to go for it, or uh, did you? Second, second Easter egg hunt win by the afternoon. She didn't hit a wall and have a, a tantrum ever, which is you know that always makes a holiday special. Nothing says I'm so glad I spent all my money and stayed up all night wrapping, decorating, and filling eggs for you than like a tantrum. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate you. I don't want these things. Oh, great. I'm just going to walk into the lake until the bubbles stop. <laughs> well, folks, it's time for another episode of The Paternity Test to anger an Easter Bunny by pointing out his flesh wrists. You're not the real Easter Bunny. Follow us on Twitter at The Dad Test. Like us on Facebook. Visit our website, paternitypodcast.com, or email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com. You can catch us Tuesdays at chicagoparent.com and call our voicemail, 657-BAD-DADS. And hey, please tell your friends about the show. You can also consider a donation to the show via our PayPal link at paternitypodcast.com. All right, everybody, remember, sometimes it doesn't matter if the meat is good as long as there's a lot of it. And until next time, best of luck passing the paternity test. <laughs>